If you were here this morning, we set the backdrop for the birth of Jesus as darkness. We talked about the fact that God sent His Son into a world of darkness and death, of pain and suffering, and that we can't begin to really appreciate the joy and the hope and the the love and the peace of Christmas until we see it against that backdrop of darkness. And with that set in place, let's now read the famous words of Luke chapter 2, the story of the birth of Jesus as told by the Gospel writer Luke. In verse 1 it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered, at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Zechariah, Joseph, Mary, and the shepherds all have something in common. They were all visited by angels announcing the birth of Jesus. And each of them responded exactly the same way. They were all afraid. And then the angels told each of them not to be afraid. That's not a coincidence. It's true both in Matthew and in Luke. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke uses the word fear 16 times throughout his Gospel, which is twice as many as all of the other Gospels combined. 
Every time God does something that people didn't understand in the Gospel of Luke, the Bible tells us that they were filled with fear. And every time God's response was, do not fear. I think this is something that we need to understand about ourselves as humans, that the Bible wants us to understand about ourselves. Richard Nixon, the great paragon of wisdom, once said, people react to fear, not love. They don't teach that in Sunday school, but it's true. In other words, if you want people to do something, make them afraid, which is a lesson that politicians and advertisers understand, right? And as a result, we live in a culture that I think is now saturated with fear. The world is smaller than it has ever been. We can know about everything that's happening anywhere in the world at any time. And our response to that is either to grow numb to it or we grow more anxious and more afraid each day. And neither of those is really the correct response to evil in the world. The correct response is to mourn when we see something that is broken and wrong. To feel sadness. But as Christians, we're commanded not to fear. Why? Because every single fear is answered in the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The angels say to Mary and to Joseph and to the shepherds and to Zechariah, do not be afraid. Instead, be filled with joy. Because why? Because hope has arrived. Because the Savior has been born. They say, do not fear. Do not fear what man can do to you. Do not fear even death. Because Jesus Christ is the answer for all the problems of all people. Because He is a direct and complete fulfillment of the prophecies of the Old Testament, including this one from Isaiah 41. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I believe that the God of the universe fulfilled that promise in Jesus. And if that is true, then I really don't have any reason to be afraid ever. Never, ever. Even so, I know that a lot of people struggle with this question. Why does God continue to let things happen that make us afraid? Why are we still surrounded by so much darkness in this world that we tend to ignore or 
self-medicate ourselves through or, or just let it affect us. The first thing is I would ask you to consider that God doesn't let anything happen to us that He wasn't also willing to experience. This has been a great comfort to me. Um, God allowed Himself to experience the fullness of humanity, even though He didn't have to do that, right? If you continue reading the story, what you learn about Jesus is that His family had to run to Egypt to escape terrorism. And then we read about Jesus enduring rejection and abandonment and abuse and torture and ridicule and death for people who didn't deserve it. Which means that on face value, whether you believe He was the Messiah or not, He is clearly a leader worthy of respect and allegiance more so than any who's ever lived on the face of the earth. Second, Jesus tells us that He is with us in the midst of the darkness. The promise that God fulfilled by sending Jesus to be with us is the I am with you promise of Isaiah 41. Present tense, also forever tense, right? I am forever and always going to be with you. He is with us literally right now, and He is literally not going to leave your side ever forever anymore. That's what Christians believe. If you are united to Jesus by faith, then literally nothing can separate us from Him. And you might say, well, that sounds great, preacher, but I can't see him. I know. Neither can I. You can't see gravity either, but you know it's there. It's why you don't walk off a cliff. And we don't even understand why gravity exists. There are all sorts of theories about it, but nobody really knows for sure. We just know it's there. And y'all, I feel the exact same way about Jesus Christ. I am just as certain He is with me as I am gravity exists. But I can't show it to you. Except to say I believe what it says about Him in the Word. Finally, I believe that Jesus is physically coming back one day because He said so. The thing about fear and darkness, they kind of go hand in hand, right? You don't have to teach a child to be afraid of the dark. They just come packaged with that, right? You may grow out of it in some ways, but I still, if I have to walk outside at night to do something, there's this little thought, a little unknown. What's back there? I'm 43 years old still don't like the dark. And I don't think it's a coincidence that in the darkest, coldest time of the year is when Christians have chosen to celebrate the light of a God who is willing to send His only Son, His perfect and holy Son, to be born of a woman, born that man no more may die. 
And that same Jesus tells us that he will come back. And so my, my answer to what do we do with the fact that we're still living in darkness is, is those three things. Jesus has experienced it himself. He's promised to be with us in the midst of it. And he's promised that he will come back. One day our king will return. And that is the time, the coming time, when he will end the tears and the sickness and the death. He will even end the darkness. If you go to Revelation, it says that it will never be night again one day. And in the meantime, God invites us to trust him, to give thanks for the first advent of Jesus, to trust his presence with us now in the in-between times, and to continue to pray for his second coming. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, as we celebrate your birth and remember also your life and your death and your resurrection, we pray that you would help those of us who are struggling with faith to know what it means to trust your presence and your guidance even when we can't physically see you yet. I pray especially for those who have been walking in some darkness who have felt the sting of this world and the sting of sin, of guilt, of shame, the grief of loss and death. Father, there is darkness scattered across each and every one of our lives. Father, I pray that you administer to us in the midst of it, that we would find you to be a source of light that pierces the darkness and guides us to your Father. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.